Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. I've got a word for you. You ready? You ready? Are you really ready? Hey, let's go. Can we go old school? Stand up with me as we read? Let's do that. Sometimes we need to go back to some things. If you have your Bible, go to the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. It's a familiar passage. Uh, I think it's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to begin in verse number 8. Uh, the fourth chapter is a wonderful chapter of the book of, of Second Kings. It's where uh, it starts off with a certain woman who comes to Elisha and says, I don't have anything, and they're getting ready to take my kids. And, and he says, well, what do you got? And she said, well, the only thing I've got is I've got a little bit of oil. And he said, go home, shut the door, gather vessels, and God performed a miracle. But then, then verse 8 begins a, a journey for us that I want to spend time with tonight. And uh, so let's just jump into it. Verse 8, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman. I like how this translation reads. There was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Now, let, let me just slow, slow it down just a moment. Uh, you, you need to understand that there are moments that certain people pass through your life, and if you don't recognize it, you'll miss your miracle. Okay, that's not the sermon, but that was for somebody. You, you need to recognize who's coming through your life in the moment because if you don't recognize who it is that's coming through your life in the moment, you'll miss the opportunity that God has. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall. Let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. I'm going to read several verses, so just go with it. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and he lay down there. And then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. So she comes before Elisha. And Elisha, and he said to him, say now to her, to the servant, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Here's what she said, I don't need anything. All right, that's what, let's, let's break it down into West Tennessee vernacular. I don't need nothing. All right, I don't need anything. There's, there's nothing that I need, okay? So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is, y'all say that last word? Come on, don't be holy for a moment. Do I, need to, do I need to explain that one? You got it? 
She has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray tonight for the next few minutes that our hearts will be open, that you will speak to us, and that miracles will begin to be unleashed. We pray for the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to come in this moment for every person, every need, that we will not leave this place tonight without what you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Scripture is kind of interesting when you begin to look at it, and you find that there are those moments in life where God shows up and God begins to do things that we are not expecting. I believe with all of my heart that it is important for you to have faith, but I will say to you that sometimes it is not your faith that produces the miracle, it is somebody else's faith. Do y'all say amen in this church? Okay, just just checking. I know I'm on the screen every week, but y'all can say amen because I'm here tonight, okay? And, and what we have to understand is this, is that there are those moments in your life where God wants to do something for you and that as much as we talk about faith, and faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and, and, and by faith, and, you know, Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith, by faith, there are moments that you don't have faith, and there are moments, listen to me, that you don't even need faith because God is going to show up in that moment and do a sovereign work that will blow your mind. In this story that I just read to you, this woman has no faith whatsoever. There is no faith in her. Why? Because her husband is old. She is barren. She has never had a child. And when the man of God even asked her, what do you need? It has been so long. It has been so far removed from her that she does not even think to ask him, this is what I need or I want in my life. I will say this to some of you tonight. There are some of you in this room tonight that you have lived past your miracle. You have lived past your moment. You have lived so long that if somebody were to ask you tonight, what is it that you need, you would say, I'm okay. I got money. My family's good. Everything's all right. But God knows that there is something that was way back there that you desired from God that you had not received, but you have even forgotten that you you had not received it yet. And then even in that moment when Gehazi says, well, uh, she doesn't have a child and her husband is old and the man of God says to her, listen, this time next year you're going to have a baby. She says, no, I'm not. Read it. She says, don't mess with me, man of God. Do not tell me something that's not going to happen. Why? Because her faith level was zero. Her faith level was nothing. There will be times in your life where you cannot have faith, but God will show up anyway and do something on your behalf because he is that kind of a God who desires to do good things for his kids. You, you've got to believe in a good God. I, I believe that you need to have faith, and we'll talk about her faith in a minute. But I want to say to you that there are some moments in your life when it's not up to you on what God's going to do. 
that it is completely in God's hands what he is getting ready to do. This woman was not thinking about a baby. She was not asking for a child. She had not been praying for one. They had not talked about it in years because time had passed by. And so I've come into this room tonight to tell somebody, I don't know what it is that you have laid up. It's kind of like, come on, you, you know you got some things in your house uh, that, that's laid up way up high on a shelf right? And about every six months to a year, you dust it off, maybe, right? But it's up there, and the reason that it's up there is because out of sight, out of mind. You don't want to think about it. You put it up there. It's not something that you need. It's not something that you desire to have as part of your everyday life. And that is what has happened in this story. And yet God showed up in a moment knowing what her desire had been and said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up for you now, and I'm going to show you that I'm the kind of God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask a thing according to the power that's working inside of us. And so God shows up in that moment uh, to explode into their life. But what is interesting and what I want to talk about, in fact, if you want a title for this, uh, let me me read another verse or two, and, and I'll give you a title, all right? So the woman conceived, verse 17, where we were, and the son was appointed time had come, which Elisha had told her, verse 18. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, as every good dad does, come on. This is what every dad says when a kid gets sick. Carry him to his mama. Is that not what the man says? Carry him to his mother. Now, the next verse is the verse. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. Here's what I want to talk about for, I don't know, the next 30 minutes. When the devil steals your miracle. How many times in your life has God done something for you in six months, six years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, the enemy comes in and he rips it away from you. And he takes the blessing that God placed within your life. And we say, well, that's just the way things happen. No, no, no. That's the way the enemy works. This was not God's will. This was not the purpose of God. God had made a promise to this woman that she was going to have a baby. That promise was not you're going to have a baby and your heart's going to get attached to this child. And then at six years of age, eight years of age, whatever he was, then he's going to die. That's not how God works. Amen? How does God work? God's a good God. Jesus said it this way, the thief, the enemy, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and you would have it more abundantly. So it's in this moment of tension here that we come into. I I remember years ago when I was pastoring in Adamsville, this is when we had Sunday night service. Y'all remember Sunday night service? Anybody remember Sunday night? Sunday night, I mean, you, you were holy. You were full of the Holy Ghost if you went on Sunday night, right? We would have Sunday night service. We were in the, this was the first building that I built in Adamsville. That's how long ago that would be. So I don't know what, 30 years or so ago. And um, I still, we were in that, in that it was still metal. It, was, it didn't look like it looks even now. It was that first building we built. And uh, 
there was a guy in our church who had fallen off a horse and uh, had messed his leg up terribly. And, and I can remember those Sunday night services sometimes, we cranked them up a little bit. And, and I remember I, I had people come to the front for prayer, for healing. And I prayed for him that night, and he jumped all over the front of the building and talked about God had healed him and whatever. But by Wednesday night, he was limping again. All right? So I went back, and I said, what happened? I don't know, man. I felt so good Monday, but by Wednesday, it was hurting all over again. I said, all right, let's pray again. I prayed again, and he started jumping around, and he said, man, it's healed. It's healed. This went on for about three weeks. Finally, I looked at him one night, and I said, either you are the biggest liar. We had a pretty good relationship. I said, you are either the biggest liar that I know, or there's a spiritual truth that we're missing. I said, because you're getting healed, but by the time church rolls around the next service, that healing has gone. That's not the way God works, but that's the way the enemy works. And what you and I have got to learn, and I'm going to show you through this passage as we go through this story tonight, is that there is something that has to happen with inside of us that when the enemy steals what we have, we have to then decide, are we going to live with death Or are we going to get back what God said was ours? If God told me this was mine, then it's mine. If God said, I'm going to perform this for you, he's going to perform it for me. Then if the enemy shows up and the devil steals my miracle, what am I going to do? Am I going to lay lay around and wallow in my misery and sing old, you know, country songs about losing my truck, losing my wife and losing everything? Or am I going to right? My dog died. I mean, whatever. It's, it's that. Or, or am I going to wake up and say, wait a minute, this is not the purpose and the will of God. So let's go. I, you know me. I'm going to be very practical. There, there's six things that she did that I think you can do to take back what the enemy has stolen uh, out of your life. Look in verse 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed. Where did she go? She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. Here's the first thing you've got to do, is you've got to make your way back to where the miracle started. She was standing in the doorway of the man of God when that miracle started. And when that miracle was taken away from her, she said, wait a minute, I am not going to go around here and look for 48 things. I'm going to go back to that place. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about a physical place. I'm talking about that place of prayer you used to be in. I'm talking about that place of dedication you used to walk in. I'm talking about how that you used to seek God before it got too hard for you, but that you make up your mind tonight and say, I'm going to go back to that place. Because it's in that place that the miracle began. It is in that moment where the Spirit of God showed up, and I'm going to make my way back. I mean, I'm going to go way, I'm going to go way back on this song. There's, there's an old Andre Krause on that says, take me back. Any of y'all old enough to remember Andre? Take me back, dear Lord, to the place that I first met you. Where was it 
that God performed the miracle for you? Where was it that that moment that that seed came into your life that said, I believe God's going to do this for my, for my miracle. I believe God's going to perform this for my family. I believe, and, it, and there was something miraculous that took place in that moment. Here's what I'm saying to you tonight. If you want to have what you had, you got to go back to where you were. Because it's in that place where God started the miracle that God is now able to again begin a creative work that is going to blow everybody's mind. Because here's what everybody said. Everybody said, that business never is going to be as big as it used to be. That church is never going to grow like it used to. That, that ministry is never going to be what it was at one time. But I'm here tonight to tell you that God didn't shut it down, that God didn't kill it, that God didn't steal your miracle, that God gave it to you and whatever it was that God gave to you, he wants you to have. And so it's in this moment that we come back and we say, wait a minute, I got to go back to that place where this miracle started. Doesn't stop there. Look at verse 22 and verse 23. Then she called her husband and said, please send me one of the young men, one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. Her husband. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It, come on, some of you have heard me talk about this before. It is well. Now it's interesting here. Here's the second thing. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to make a decision. See, we've, got too, we've got too many people living in the land of indecision. We, we, they're, they're, it's like, uh, Well, I'm, this, today I'm going to serve God. Tomorrow I'm going to backslide. T today I'm going to pray. Tomorrow I'm not even going to think about praying. We, we, we live in this, this indecisiveness so much. And, and the Bible says this. It, it says that, that if you're unstable, that God can't bless you because you're, you're, you're like water. You're just flowing with whatever's going on. There's got to come that moment where you make a decision. I'm going to serve God. Sorry what I'm going to say. I'm going to serve God come hell or high water. I'm, I'm not going to just serve God when it's comfortable. I'm, I'm not just going to serve God when everybody else is serving God. I'm, I'm not just going to live for God. I'm going to make a decision. And she is in this moment. She says, i got to get to the man. Now, I went to the place where the man of God was. Now, I've got to get to the man of God. And she makes a decision. And she says, and it's interesting to me because you're going to see her say this over and over again. She, she does not declare the de the determination of this moment, she does not declare death. She declares it is well. She is in this moment of saying, I know what I saw, but I know what God did. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And if we are not careful, we will spend our time looking at what we see instead of learning what God did. What was it that God did? God performed a miracle. God sent your, you a husband. God sent you a wife. All of a sudden, the enemy shows up, and the enemy says, I'm going to destroy this. And what you've got to do is say, no, 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 wait a minute. This is what God did. You look at those kids. I dedicated those kids to God. They, they're out running wild tonight. That's okay. I'm going to go to my knees. I'm going to begin to seek God. I'm going to talk to God about that kid. Right? L listen, I, I went through some stuff. Some of you old enough there, you, you ran with me on some of those trips. I, I went through, but I would go home at night. 
late at night. And I could hear my mama in there praying. And I knew at some point I just had to give up. You, 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 just, you just at some point, you got to give up and just go ahead and serve Jesus. Because when a mama starts praying, come on, Jesus had a mama. Y'all do know that. Did that shock y'all? And you know what? His mama got him to do things he wasn't supposed to. So I don't believe that. Go read the Bible. Uh, they're out of wine. What's that got to do with me? That's what he said. What's that got to do with me? He bypass, she bypasses him and goes to the servant and said, do whatever he says. And they show up, and Jesus said, it's not even my season yet, but because my mama said, okay, mamas, I'm just telling you. That there is, there is power in that moment. And so this woman says, look, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm, I'm making a decision in this moment that the miracle that I had is not going to die and it's not going to fall away. See, I think that because we give up too easily, we miss out on too many blessings. Okay, let's go, let's go. Look in verse 24, 25. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. I like this woman. She's, in fact, she said, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you to. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to the servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman. Here's, here's the third thing. After you make a decision, you have to make a move. You can't stay where you were if you want to get your miracle back. If something has been stolen out of your life, you've you got to make it. And, and sometimes that move is, this will be radical. Sometimes that move is, I'm not going to sit on this side this week. I'm going to go sit over here because God might be moving over there this week and he might not get over here. You, you say, that's crazy, I know. Do, do, do you realize how many times in, in Scripture God uses weird, quirky things to bring about a miracle? It's, it's that uh, put the ark on your shoulders and just uh, wade out into the water. Lord, the water is at flood season. Go read it. It's flood time, Lord. Yet yeah, just put it on your shoulders and walk out there. And the Bible says that this way. It says, and it, it, start, it stopped flowing at a dam. I wasn't cussing. And it flowed. And if you study that, what you find is it took hours and hours for the water to stop flowing so the children of Israel could go across on dry ground. But the priest had to stand in the middle of a raging torrential flood and say, I got a word from God and I'm going to move out there where God said move out there and I don't care what it looks like in this moment, I believe that God is able to do, I'm going to quote this scripture again, exceeding abundantly above all I can ask a thing according to the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make a move. This woman says, get the donkey and you drive and you don't slow down unless I tell you to because I've got to get to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now, Mount Carmel's an interesting place and I don't have time to develop it, but you ought to go read about Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel 
normal is a place where God shows up, where God does miracles, where God does powerful things, and that's where the man of God is. Let me say this to you. There are moments in your life you need to find a place where the power of God is moving, where the Spirit of God is flowing. Listen, I have been all over the country and even to other nations when I've heard there's revival. Why? Because I am one who is saying, I don't think a man brings revival. I don't think a place has revival, but I do believe that there are certain seasons where God is doing something in certain places, and if I can get in there, I can get a little bit of that on me and take that back with me to what God is going to do in Hardin County or Madison County or McNary County. I can get some of that. And she goes, she makes a move. What is it right now that God's asking you to make a move about? It might be move away from some people you've been hanging with. Oh, hello. It, it, it might be to get off Facebook. Oh, help me, Jesus. It might be to quit listening to the news more than you listen to God. I, I don't care whether you listen to CNN or Fox. It doesn't matter to me. They're all full of uh, the devil. Put your own words in there. Right? I mean, it's, 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 it's all craziness. It's, uh, I mean, think, think about it. Uh, uh, two months ago, we were all going to die in two months with COVID. Now, you, you go on there, the only thing we hear about Ukraine, Ukraine. Every, everything's Ukraine. Why? Because the news media has just got to have something else to scare the life out of people, to keep us focused on something that is not even going to matter that much in the scheme of life, and we get focused on that, and we miss out on what it is that God is trying to do in the moment. Why don't we just make a move away from some of those things? Why don't we just say, wait a minute, I am not going to trust in man's authority I'm not going to trust in man's word, but I am going to get to a place where the power, the presence, and the anointing of God are. She made a move. Look in verse 26. I got to go. Please run now to meet her. This is what Elisha says. And he said, say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, what did she say? It is well. I have preached this part of the sermon before. There are moments in your life where the only thing you can say is it is well. You can't say I feel good. You can't say I got plenty of money. You can't say I'm not going through a trial or a tribulation. All that you can say is it is well. But your declaration determines your destination. Can can, can I just say that to you again? Your declaration determines your destination. And so my destiny is wrapped up in my verbiage. My, where I'm going to wind up is determined by what I say. And so it is interesting to me that the Scripture says, and you've heard me talk about it, that we are made in the image and in the likeness of God. And that when God gets ready to change a situation, God speaks to it. When you and I, who are made in the image and in the likeness of God, we want something to be different. We can't keep talking the negative. We can't keep talking the trash of yesterday. We can't keep focusing on the bad. We have to, in a moment, I may not have it together, and I may not continue tell you everything that's going to happen in this moment, but I can make a declaration to you because I know in whom I have believed, and I know that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. 
And so I'm just going to say to you, you feeling good tonight? It is well. How's things going? It is well. You got plenty of money? It is well. How's the church doing? It is well. Why? Because sometimes it is better for me to say it is well than it is for me to give credence to what the enemy is doing. So I have to determine my declaration. Think about how much we talk about death and dying in our culture. My feet are killing me. I ate so much I could die. I mean, we, we talk about death all the time. And then we wonder why we struggle so much with things dying. Well, you know, I'm always broke. Well, of course you are. You have declared your destination. Well, you know, it's that time of year, and this time of year, every year, I get the flu. Of course you do. You have declared. You are snared by the words of your mouth. There is power of life and death in the tongue. You are in that moment. People say, I don't believe in that. I know I know they don't because I watch their lives, and I see the destruction that they bring into their life. It is better for me to say it is well when my baby is dead than it is to declare my baby is dead and never see God do another miracle. Do you feel well? No, but it is well. Do I feel? No, it is well. I don't have anything. I got three words for you. It is well. What would happen if we begin to treat every destructive thing that comes against us with that declaration? See, the, the Bible says that you and I are to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It does not say you are to give thanks for all things. My baby's dead. Well, thank you, God. No, that's not what it says. It says I am to give thanks in all things. What is she doing? She is making a declaration in this moment that is going to change her destination. It's going to change the destiny of her family because the baby who is dead is going to continue the lineage. But because... She has chosen to make a declaration. There's something I, 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 know, I know tonight. I know some of you are here tonight from Teen Challenge. L- listen, let me, let me talk to you for a minute, guys. I love you. And you can ask Pastor Jim if I love you. I love you guys. But here's what I want to say to you. you. You can't walk around all the time talking about your past and your junk and where you've been. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You've got to start declaring over your life that you are not what you used to be and what everybody says that you are, and they're not giving you a chance, and they're saying, well, they've been through rehab five times, and they're going through it again. I've come tonight to declare over all of you tonight that this is your moment. This is your time. Why don't you grab a hold of it and say, tonight, my miracle's coming back in my life. Uh, Let me give you, can I give you two more? Look in verse 27, 28. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. That's an aggressive staff member. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. Now, listen to this next thing. And the Lord has hidden it from me, and he has not told me. Well, I went to that prophet, and he didn't tell me anything that was going into my life. Do you know that sometimes God hides things from the prophet? 
what, what is uh, uh, This is a lie. This is the prophet to the nation. This, this is the guy that says, it's, you know, it, it's not going to rain. It don't rain. This, this is the guy that, that does all kind of stuff. And, and, and then he shows up in this moment, and he says, I don't know why she's here, because God has not revealed it to me. Hmm. So, she's, so she said, did I ask a son of my Lord, and did I not say, do not deceive me? Here's the fifth thing. Make an appeal for what you want. She comes to him and says, I didn't ask for this miracle. I did not ask you for a son. I did not ask for anything. But what she is saying is, but now that I've got it, I expect you to do something about what's just happened. See, there are moments in your life. Let me, let me say that. Let me, I'm going to pastor for a minute here, all right? The reason you need a home church is because there are moments in your life you need a man and a woman of God who can stand in the gap for you. I, I, I do not, listen, there, there, I, I'm, from me as the, as the lead pastor of this whole ministry, all the way, there are none of us that are perfect. There are none of us that haven't missed it. And whatever your list is that I, of the mistakes I've made, mine's longer because I know every one of them I've made. But I am telling you, we have missed something in the New Testament church in this generation, and that is we think we don't need a church, and we think we don't need anybody but ourselves because we got this line to Jesus, and Jesus and us is on the main line or whatever it is. But I'm going to tell you, there are moments in your life you better have a man and a woman of God that you can go to and say, I am going through hell on earth, and I don't know what to do, but I'm coming to you. You prayed for me one time, and this is what God did on my behalf, and I'm coming back to you, Pastor AJ and Crystal, and I am believing that you're going to pray for me again, and it's not that he is so anointed or so powerful or so great. It is that God honors what you honor. Okay. So you got to make an appeal. Let me, let me give you the last one. Look in verse 29 and 30. Then the prophet said to Gehazi, Get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet them. And if anyone greets you, be rude. What did he say? He said, do not answer them, but lay my staff on the face of the child. Look at verse 30. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So Elisha arose, and he followed her. Here's the last one. Ready? Be tenacious. We pray for something for five minutes and give up. Well, it must not have been God's will. I asked him three times. Do you know I've been praying for certain things for 20-plus years? There are certain things that I'm still praying for that some of you aren't even as old as what I'm praying about. There are things that I'm saying, God, I, I know that I know that I know you spoke this to me. I know that I heard your voice. I know that you brought this into my life. I know you. And God, I, I, I don't know when, but I'm, I'm going to remind you. I know God's got perfect memory, but I'm going to remind him anyway. She says, I am not going to leave you. What is she saying? She's saying, until I get my miracle back, 
you have a new person in your life. And every time you turn around, I'm going to be looking at you. And I'm going to stare at you, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't ask for the miracle, but you gave me the miracle. I'm ready for my miracle to come back. See, what is it in your life that the enemy has taken away that God says, how bad do you want it? God didn't cause it, but God's waiting on your tenacity to restore it. See, because if you, again, if you read on just a little bit, it says, guys, I went ahead and laid the staff down, and, and I jokingly have said through the years, uh, and the, 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 the board does not get up. I said, there's some things your staff can't do. Y'all will figure that out later. My staff loves it when I say that. When Elisha came into the house there, the child was lying dead in the bed. He went in there for it. He shut the door behind him on the two of them, and he prayed to the Lord. He went up and laid on the child, and it said, and the, the child became warm, but he's still dead. Can I just talk, come play so they'll think I'm stopping? Do you realize that sometimes God starts restoration and we give up too quick? The Bible says the body of the boy started getting warm. But if you keep reading, it says he's not alive. And it says what Elisha does is that he goes into the house and he starts walking back and forth. What is he doing? He's doing what Prophet Lloyd Mustard talked about the first night in, in Jackson when he said, sometimes you're just sensing what God's up to. So Elisha is walking saying, okay, God, what is it you're doing? What is it? And he just walks back and forth, walks back and forth. And in the moment that he senses, now's the time, Scripture says he goes back in, stretches himself across the boy. The boy sneezes seven times, which is God's perfect number. And he just goes out and says, tell her, come. Her miracle's back. What is it tonight that God wants to bring back to you? Here's, here's what's, come on, stand up with me. Here's way back in the day, again, this dates me when I say these things. Paul Harvey used to have a thing called the rest of the story. The rest of this story is, if you go just to the eighth chapter, is that Elisha shows up to the Shunammite woman after her son is risen now, and he said, there's getting ready to be a famine in the land. You need to get out of here. And she leaves and takes her family. But the whole time she's gone, she loses everything she had. Now, no. And you gotta, you got to watch God's process. So the king calls in Gehazi, who's a whole other story, and says, tell me some of the miracles of Elisha. And Gehazi starts telling the story of the miracle of this little boy. And he looks out into the palace room, and he says... 
You know that woman I'm telling you about that was everything was, was taken and she lost? He said, that's her. And she's coming back in. And she's coming to make an appeal for what has been taken from her. Now watch what happens. Because of her tenacity when the miracle died the first time, now that she has lost everything, the king looks at her and says, here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to give you back all your land and houses, but everything that was made off of that property while you were gone and the famine was here, they're going to pay you every bit of that. And so you're getting back everything you had and you're getting back the profit while you weren't even here. What is it in this moment in your life that God says, it's dead, but I'll resurrect it, but I won't just resurrect it. I'll resurrect it and I will use it for the seed for the next miracle that I'm going to do in your life. Hmm. How many of you say tonight, Pastor, there, there's... There's been some things the enemy has stolen from my life. Would you just hold your hand up? Come up here. All right. There's been some miracles. There's been some things that God gave you that the enemy took away from you. closer children people lining up behind you that which seems impossible in the hand of God can be changed in a moment Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.